Hey everybody, Dean Wegner here. I am the founder and CEO of Authentically American. I'm a veteran and an entrepreneur, and if you have not tuned in to the real Jason Duncan and his podcast, The Root of All Success, mark it on your favorite podcast. You got to check it out. It's an incredible show. He has incredible guests, and I was honored to be one of them. Welcome to The Root of All Success with the real Jason Duncan. A podcast that explores how the world's most powerful entrepreneurs unlocked success and how their stories can help you do the same. A successful educator turned entrepreneur, Jason has built multi-million dollar businesses that have been featured in Inc. Magazine and Entrepreneur Magazine. His life's mission now is helping entrepreneurs live what he calls hashtag the exit lifestyle. Introducing TEDx speaker, mastermind leader, author, entrepreneur, cigar aficionado, motorcycle enthusiast, and host of The Root of All Success, The Real Jason Duncan. The Real Jason Duncan. Welcome back to another episode of the show. You can call me JD. I'm The Real Jason Duncan. I've got Dean Wegner on the show today. He's the founder and CEO of the company Authentically American. We're going to be talking about the similarities between being an army ranger and being an entrepreneur. So he's got a great story. I want to tell you a little bit about Dean and then I'll introduce him and bring him into the studio. But he's, as I said, the founder and CEO of a company called Authentically American, which you can find at authenticallyamerican.us. It's an apparel brand. It's a veteran owned American made premium apparel brand. Uh, He's going to talk about the really the sad state of affairs on how little apparel is made here in the United States. They are a company that celebrates patriotism and they believe in the American worker and they want to honor the American heroes by intentionally donating 10% of their profits to not only just veteran, but also first responder charities. And we'll talk a, a couple of those charities that he's currently donating to. We'll talk about that in the show. He's a West Point graduate. He served seven years as a helicopter pilot and an army ranger. He holds an MBA in finance from Cal State. He spent a lot of time in the corporate world at Procter & Gamble and Mars before going out and buying his first business in the apparel business and then eventually deciding to start his own brand. He's a former Division I hockey player, which led him to go to West Point, which we'll talk about how that happened. He's been married to Kelly, his wife, for 28 years. They have four kids, the youngest of which is adopted from Ethiopia. He's a great dude, very dedicated member of his church, served on several for-profit, nonprofit boards. I'm honored to know him and call him a friend. Please help me welcome Dean Wagner to the root of all success. Hey, Dean, welcome to the show, man. Honored to be a guest, Jason. Looking forward to a great discussion. Well, so it's not often that I have uh, West Point grads and Army Rangers on the show. I don't know how many of those folks turn out to be entrepreneurs, but you're one of them. Do you know other uh, other Army Rangers turn out to be entrepreneurs? I do know quite a few, Jason, and I didn't realize this, but the experience and everything you go through in the military and West Point, you know, prepares you very well to be an entrepreneur if you've got the right mindset. So. There's far more than I realize, and it's good company that I keep. So would, did you always want to go to West Point as a kid? Was that kind of the plan, or t- tell me how that worked out? I did not, Jason. I, in high school, had two goals. So number one, I wanted to play Division One hockey. I was a hockey player and had a dream of playing Division One college hockey. And number two, I wanted to get the best possible education I could 
And I was familiar with West Point, but did not know a lot about it until the hockey coach called and said, Dean, we saw you played a tournament and we think you'd be a great fit for our program. And I will tell you, Jason, when I did my due diligence and did my research, I'm like, what an incredible opportunity. It is a division one hockey program and arguably one of the best educations in the country and went for a visit and fell in love with it. And it wasn't always the best experience four years being there, but look back with the fondest of memories. So you go to West Point primarily to because of hockey, and then you uh, you ended up getting a fantastic education. But do, do, I mean, what? how common is it for folks to be a ranger? Because that sounds like pretty exclusive company. I mean, how, so Jason, how I will tell that? you, I don't know specific numbers, but it is rare, the number that goes there. But it is even more rare because one of the big decisions I had to make senior year was which branch. And I had no idea all the different choices. There were 18 different options. So there was infantry, the heart and soul of the army. There was armor, driving tanks. There was field artillery. So all these combat arms, but there were even more combat support. So transportation, logistics, finance, military police. So 18 in total. And I had narrowed it down to two choices. So number one, I thought if I want to be a general in the army, the best path to go is infantry. But then remember that first Top Gun movie? Yep. That was one of my favorite movies growing up. And I thought I would look ultra cool in a flight suit and ultimately went the aviation route and loved it, Jason. But ultimately started thinking if wondering if I really made the right decision because the infantry is the heart and soul of the army. It's the best path to be a general. And it was interesting because in flight school, the commander made an announcement and said, guys, once in a lifetime opportunity, we're going to have a competition and send one of you to Ranger School. And I thought, Jason, here was my chance to go ahead and see how the other half lived and was very fortunate. I won that competition. And when I got to Ranger School, it was miserable. It was awful. It was one of those experiences that was so terrible. Look back at it with the fondest of memories. And I didn't know it back then, but Ranger School was great training for leading a startup. It was no sleep and incredible stress. And that's the life I'm living right now. <laughs> that's pretty good. So what competition did you have to win? Was it, was it, was it something like a, like a, a cross country, something? What, what I mean, it, it was all physical related because it is an incredible physical grind ranger school. So there was like a 10 mile, you know, ruck run March. So you throw 60 pounds in your back and then you run for 10 miles. There was a swim competition. So all physical related with my having played division one hockey, you know, was well prepared for that. But what was even more interesting, Jason, what I was not prepared for was what I went through at ranger school, because if you go straight through, you know, it's 72 days in a row and you live on one meal a day and two to three hours sleep a night. And then they put you in incredibly stressful situations. And Jason, there were 340, 340 of us on day one. So after 72 days on one meal a day and two to three hours sleep a night, we lost 80% of our class. And there were only 70 of us left on graduation a day. And that's why I say no sleep and incredible stress. And you're an entrepreneur, you know what we're going through right now. But I look back and I say, well, shoot, if I can do that, I mean, I can get through almost anything. I wonder, 
I wonder if that's similar. I would imagine it's very similar with the Navy SEAL training or in any of the elite, uh, you know, the elite like Rangers and SEALs. It's probably the same where there's a huge attrition. I know there's a there's a show somewhere on TV on cable about the the Navy SEAL training, sure. how they ring the bell and they're out. Is that kind of the same thing, the Army Ranger School? Any one of those special forces, those elite training schools are going to have a high attrition rate and be incredibly challenging. You know, probably the biggest difference between Navy SEAL and the budget training that you go through versus Ranger School is Ranger School is that prolonged 72 days straight. I mean, it is a long chronic type, you know, stress and fatigue that you go through. You know, Navy SEAL, that whole training is much shorter, much more finite, and it is just different. And not one is harder or easier than the other. I mean, they're both incredibly challenging. I think it's just different in how they're designed. That um, the attrition rate, you, you've already drawn some parallels to entrepreneurship. The attrition rate for entrepreneurs is pretty high too. Yes. Um, I don't know what the exact specific numbers are, but I think it's, you know, most businesses, if they're, if they make it past a year, you know, that that's pretty good. They're beating the odds five years. They're, they're beating the odds, but 10 year, 10 year businesses seem to be like that magic number. Right. If you can get to 10 years, you're probably going to be all right. Jason, don't um, quote, so what do you think? don't quote me on the numbers, but I think it's generally around that same 80% number. We just passed our five year anniversary last year. And I think it's over 80% of businesses don't make it to five years. So we still have a lot of heavy lifting, a lot of challenges ahead of us. But, you know, we feel like after five years, we're finally starting to hit our groove and, you know, longer story. But I tell everybody now we're an overnight success story, five years in the making. Well, you've, this is not your first entrepreneurial journey after uh, coming out of ranger school. You had, you had other stuff before that. So before authentically American, which is your primary brand now, and we're definitely going to dive deep into what authentically American is, but you're in the apparel business, but you, you had other businesses before authentically American. Tell us a little bit about your entrepreneur journey. Well, it's interesting, Jason, because now I tell everybody I'm a veteran. And an entrepreneur, but when I left the army in 2000, couldn't even spell entrepreneur. <laughs> I know. <laughs> had no idea this whole world even existed. And what I've realized is so often we're a product of our environment and had an amazing dad growing up, and he was a 30 year engineer for Alcoa, so a Fortune 500 aluminum company. And most of his friends, most of our neighbors work for big companies. So when I left the army in 2000, what did I think I was going to do? work for a big company. That was the only world I knew and worked for Procter and Gamble and Mars and worked on brands like Crest and Tide and M&Ms. And so thankful, Jason, for that experience, because both of them are just world-class marketing and branding companies, but they are also massive. Procter and Gamble, for example, is an $80 billion company, 80 billion with a B. You know, Mars is half the size, but still a $40 billion company. And one of the things that drives me is this insatiable desire to know that I'm making a difference. And at one point I realized that although I had fairly big jobs and was very well paid, if you pull me out, the next guy steps straight up and the machine doesn't skip a beat and it keeps on going. And I truly wrestle with Jason if I'm making a difference when I'm that replaceable. So what, how did you first get involved in, uh, was it Mars first? You went into Mars first? So it was Procter & Gamble first, and then it was okay, Mars first. and, you know, spent nearly 12 years 
at both of those companies. And, you know, that catalyst was that desire to make a difference. But you and I first connected before I launched Authentically American and back to not being able to spell entrepreneur. You know, I entered the entrepreneurial ranks through acquisition because I didn't think I had it in me, you know, to start a business from scratch. And the business I bought, Jason, in 2012, you had visited that old facility, was a government contractor that produced dress uniforms for the military. And we produced thousands of uniforms every week for Army, Navy, Air Force, and Marines. And I learned the tragic history of the apparel industry. To give an idea how rare American made is, when I graduated from West Point in 93, over 50% of the apparel was made in the US. Today, it's 3.5. 3% is all that's made here. And my initial thinking was, well, I want to win more contracts. I thought we'll create more jobs. But as I started to fully understand the industry, I realized that as a government contractor, it's a bidding process and you don't actually create jobs. So Jason, if you and I are bidding on a contract and you had it before and I won, in essence, your jobs transfer to me and net, there's no real job creation. And that for me was that light bulb moment that I said, what if? What if instead of being a government contractor, what if we built a brand? And I thought back to the days of Crest and Tide and M&Ms and Jason, I also thought, what if instead of what 97% of brands do and chase cheap labor overseas, what if we made the intentional choice to produce right here in the US? Think of the jobs we could create. Think of the difference we could make. And ultimately, if we deliver on our vision to build this iconic American brand, with the same visual recognition of a Nike polo or Under Armour, think of the incredible legacy we could leave. And Jason, that's where it started, you know, five years ago from a blank sheet of paper in 2017. Now I'm exhausted. It's, it has been by far the most challenging, most difficult thing. And what is really driving that is everything I took for granted at big companies, you know, supply chain, systems, process, finance, accounting, everything. Yeah, we've had to build from the ground up, but as exhausted as I am, I'm even more energized because truly feel as an entrepreneur, have an opportunity to make a difference. So you, you came out of army, you came out of the army, you were flying helicopters in armies an army ranger. Yep. You decided to go work in the corporate world. What, what role did you do first in the corporate world uh, at Procter Gamble? So I was business development, sales, marketing. Okay. And one of the things that I also believe in, Jason, is investing in relationships. And that was one thing that was, you know, drilled into me and so many great mentors and so much great training on the value in relationships. And so you did I enjoyed that development. Yeah, so you're doing you're building relationships because you're what I know about you, Dean, after we've known each other for a while now, is like um you're, you're, you're really kind of, you're even kill. You don't, I mean, I, I, I think about it. I think about an army ranger and I think about the guy jumping out of airplanes and running into burning buildings like that, but you're just this, I know you could do all that stuff, but you're like this calm demeanor, very, but, but what that tells me though, is you were probably really, really good in sales and marketing business development based on relationships. Cause you have that ability to just to connect with people. Is that, is that right? Absolutely. And that is critical. And you know, one of my favorite, Mantras, Jason, it's not what you know, it's who you know. And it's investing in those relationships. And sometimes people will say, 
you know, that creates that mindset that it's all about me and what can I get out of Jason or what can I get out of whoever I meet? But, you know, I have always turned it and said, well, first and foremost, what can I do for Jason? Let's take a quick break to thank our amazing sponsors for making this podcast possible. Hey, I want to talk with you about one of my favorite tools as a salesperson and as an entrepreneur, and that tool is Dub. I want you to imagine for a minute getting an email from somebody, and instead of just being the plain old crappy text in an email, rather than just having a bunch of HTML where it's pictures and stuff, what if it was a video? And the video had a little GIF, and it was playing right there in the email as soon as you opened it, and it had your name. Like it said, hello, Jason, check this out. And then you clicked play and it played right there in your inbox in the window. And it was somebody trying to tell you how great you are, or how awesome they can help you, how good they can help you out. That is the power of video emails. I want you to try Dub out. I've been using it for years. I have closed countless millions of dollars in sales over the last six years or so using Dub, and you can do it too. All you got to do is go to therealjasonduncan.com slash Dub. That's D-U-B-B, therealjasonduncan.com slash Dub. Dub will help you make an impact in your sales through video. It's going to help you with, they've even got a CRM built into it. You can build landing pages. You can do campaigns, even SMS campaigns. You can set up automations to manage workflows and maximize conversions. And like I said, they've got an existing software platform inside Dub to take your CRM to the next level. Try this out. Get a free special just by being a listener to the podcast. Go to therealjasonduncan.com slash dub. Get two weeks to try it for free and 50% off your first two months. That's therealjasonduncan.com slash dub. 40 years ago, you weren't in business unless you had your business in the yellow pages. You remember those things? <laughs> And 30 years ago, you weren't in business unless you had a door-to-door -door salesman. 20 years ago, you weren't in business unless you had a website. And today, you're not in business unless you're doing social media content. Am I right? Social media content. Social media content in the form of like micro content, which is 30 to 60 second spots on Instagram Reels or TikTok or YouTube Shorts. That's the way business is done. As a matter of fact, that may be how you found out about this podcast or me as a business coach. This medium that we're using today to communicate what we do is vitally important. And just recording yourself isn't enough. You've got to do it right. And my friends over at Story do it right. And one of the problems with doing it wrong is that you sit around thinking, well, what the heck am I going to record? How, what am I going to say? How am I going to say it? Like, I don't know what to talk about. Well, Story takes all of that away from you. Stop wasting time trying to come up with content because Story will send you a video prompt on what to record. You can pick the categories you want to record in, whether it's real estate, entrepreneurship, finance, relationship, leadership, life insurance. It could be anything. Don't waste time on that. And by the way, if you're not confident in talking on video or if the video editing portion takes up way too much of your time, Story will edit the videos to perform well on social media. They add the subtitles, the pop-ups, the zoom cuts. They remove all the filler words like uh and um and uh. They remove the awkward pauses. And then they take that video and post it for you. They write the captions, they add the relevant hashtags, and they post it on the platforms that you care about the most. It's exactly 
what you need to be in business today and to be successful at it. So if you want to learn how to do social media the way the influencers do, you need to go to therealjasonduncan.com slash story. And that story with two Y's. Why? Because they're awesome. Go to therealjasonduncan.com slash story. That's S-T-O-R-Y-Y for 10% off your first three months to try story out. You're going to thank me later. Thanks for listening to our sponsors. Now, back to the show. Anyone I meet, what can I do to help them? You know, I just had a call last, about 30 minutes ago with a veteran who's in a job transition and never met him before. But a mutual friend reached out and said, Dean, I know you've got a great network. Could you help them? And I don't have time, but it was all about priorities. And anytime a friend or a friend of a friend reaches out, especially a veteran, I'm going to find the time to go ahead and make an opportunity to go ahead and help them out. And I've found, Jason, this has never been the motivation, but as much as I've helped out, it has come back tenfold. I mean, people have gone out of their way to go ahead and help me. And I know you believe in the same mindset that you go out of your way to help people. Yeah. Well, you've helped a lot of people and you've done, you did the corporate stuff, decided to buy a business in the apparel business, specifically making uniforms for the military. So to me, now that I've heard that story, I didn't really know that story. That makes perfect sense. Like you, you have the background sure. in the military. There's a business opportunity. You've seen a little bit of business being in the corporate world. You want to buy this. So you bought that business. Um, but you didn't, you didn't stay in that particular business, but, but I want to talk about how you transitioned sure. authentically American to make that a brand, but, but let's go back to the beginning of purchasing that, that first business that you bought. How did you come about wanting to do it and then deciding to do it? And then tell us a little bit about that. So I talked about the catalyst, Jason, being that desire to make a difference and really felt like that cog in the wheel, you know, really part of a machine. And that's why big businesses are designed. But I had a great job at Mars and was in no hurry. So I literally spent a year and a half, you know, searching for a business to buy. And I didn't have a lot of free time, but I said, I'm going to go ahead and make a commitment. And I tracked it once a week at a minimum. I was going to meet with another business owner. I was going to meet with a financial advisor. I was going to meet with a business broker, somebody that would give me some insight and perspective of that world. And it was fascinating hearing just some incredible stories. And it was a year and a half later that finally that opportunity surfaced. And that was really how, you know, the whole process worked to go ahead and buy a business. Again, it was relationships. It was investing in people. And, you know, it was coffees, lunches, you know, just meeting for people and getting to know people. And you made the decision to go into the apparel business. And there is the link to your background in the Army. And uh, but you you how long did you own that business? So own that for five years. And. That was something that was great insight and great learning, Jason, because probably naively, I thought I could do most anything. I'm not the smartest guy in the room. I'm not the smartest guy in the podcast, but I thought, you know, I, I can figure things out and I can, you know, really have a way path forward. But what I realized with that company that I bought, you know, there's some things that I'm fairly good at and have some reasonable level of success. And there's some things that I don't do well at all. And there's things that I just don't enjoy. And you visited our old facility. It was a massive 100,000 square foot facility. And we first and foremost were a manufacturing company. You know, we had contracts with thousands of uniforms. And what I realized is I don't enjoy that. And I'm not very good at it. 
So <laughs> that was not going to work out well. And I thought, well, hey, we're having challenges. I'm working 50 hours a week, so I'll work 60. Hey, we're still having challenges instead of 60, work 70. And it never worked. It was just something that I was not gifted to do. And as the vision came to life for Authentically American, the most common manufacturing model, Jason, in the apparel industry is contracted. So Nike, for example, produces in China, Bangladesh, Vietnam, all around the world, but they don't own those facilities. And that's our model now. So we have 11 states that we manufacture. So I know you have one of our t-shirts that you love that are incredibly soft. We make those in Texas. If you remember the fun pair of socks you have, we make those in North Carolina. So 11 states all across the US. And I don't own those facilities. They're not on my balance sheet. The payroll is not on my you know, payroll. But I have visited them all. We've got a very close partnership and relationship with them. But we lean on them to produce amazing product. And then we as a team, myself personally, we focus on the customer experience the overall brand message, the marketing, customer experience, everything there. And that's an area that I enjoy more. That's where I've had more experience. And that's what I'm more passionate about. Not to minimize at all the manufacturing side, but that's not what I'm good at. And what's interesting, Jason, is I've visited all of our factories and met the plant manager, met the owners. They would say, Dean, you want to build a brand? Why in the world would you ever want to do that? That's so hard. And I look around at the facility and see all the moving parts and pieces and everything in my head hurts. And I'm like, I would never want to do that. And I think God just wired us differently, each of us uniquely to do things. And I found out, you know, where my sweet spot is and what I don't enjoy. Yeah. So authenticallyamerican.us is Dean Wagner's website, authenticallyamerican.us. And it is a really cool story that has picked up a lot of steam. Your brand is doing really well because you're, you're on national television shows in the morning. So tell us a little bit about how you started getting the opportunity to go talk about your brand on national television. So Jason, just to reinforce, you know, we're an apparel brand. We've got amazing product and it's all made here in the U.S. And going back to the P&G and Mars days, you know, we had a massive marketing budget, a Super Bowl, three Super Bowl ad budgets. I did not have that. You know, this was self-funded. We do have some investors on board, but for the most part, we are a bootstrap startup. So we did not have a massive marketing budget. And, you know, back to that incredible experience, one of the thoughts was, you know what, we do have a feel-good marketing story. We do have this feel-good American story. So at all, we don't, although we don't have a big budget, we do have this feel-good American story. And one thought was, let's play the earned media card. So let's try to go and get the word out there and get as much free press and PR. And year one, Jason, we proved out the business model and said, okay, what we're on to is going to work. And we figured out we're going to have some traction. So I reached out to everybody I knew back to investing in relationships, told everyone we knew about our brand, our story, and what we're looking to do. And I thought a year or two later, we would have our first opportunity. And a month later, Jason, I got a call from a producer at Fox and Friends that said, Dean, you have an incredible brand story. We'd love to have you on. What do you think? And I initially, Jason, fell out of my chair. I'm like, this can't be real. I can't believe it. And then truth be told, I was, in, I was scared. I mean, there's 2 million people, 2 million people a day 
that tune in and had never been on national TV. And I thought, what if I screw this up? And I literally spent a hundred hours or more just preparing because most people think they give you the questions. They don't do that. They want it to be spontaneous. So I had no idea what they're going to ask. And it didn't go perfect. I mean, there are things I wish I'd have said differently. I wish I would have gone differently, but overall went fairly well. And what's incredible, Jason, over the last three years, we've been on national TV 23 times. 23 times. Wow. Congratulations, man. It all, all it takes is that one, that one uh, thing, that one piece of opportunity, that one spot, and you get out there and you do your best with it, and it leads to the next one. And I think... If I've never, I was never in the army, certainly not an army ranger, but I can imagine there are a lot of similarities in your, again, going back to what are these similarities between army rangers and, and entrepreneurs, there's attrition, which we've talked about, but there's also this, you don't know what's coming. You, oh, you yeah. don't get to practice for this. You just get out there and you do your best and train and, and then you take it when it comes. Tell me, tell me about that. Well, Jason, that's why I think veterans in general, you know, have the profile to be a successful entrepreneur because one generally speaking, you're going to have an incredible work ethic. You've gone through training like Ranger School or basic training, something that's going to teach you just a very high level of work ethic. And then number two, you know, there's one thing that's referred to as the five paragraph operations order. And, you know, planning and preparation is very much drilled into you as well. I think the one area where sometimes veterans don't do well is when they're looking for that SOP, that checklist, kind of the standard way where that happens. And as you know, as an entrepreneur, you know, it doesn't always exist. So if you have an incredible work ethic, you're willing to prepare and plan, but then you're also able to be a creative problem solver. To me, those are three great characteristics that make for a you know, great entrepreneur. Yeah. Well, what did your wife think? I mean, she's she's been with you for 28 years and uh, been through all of these changes coming out of college into into the corporate world, into purchasing a business, now starting a brand successfully, running it for five years. I mean, congratulations, that's great. So, what's your, what's your wife think about all this? Well, Jason, you know, five years. I know we talked a lot about the high points and being on national TV and some of the success we're having, but what was not part of the business plan was COVID. And there were far more times than I would have cared to admit that, you know, we weren't sure if we we're going to meet payroll. We weren't sure if we were going to be able to go ahead and, you know, pay our suppliers. And I mentioned God, family and country being the priorities for me. And every day I start the same way on my knees in prayer, just asking for guidance and wisdom. And there have been some divine moments where I didn't think we we're going to make it. And miraculously, a new investor came on board or a big check came through or a new customer came on board and we're not out of the woods yet but you know just excited of where we're going and back to that overnight success story five years in the making it's amazing what our focus is starting to enable so did she uh did she share the entrepreneurial vision with you or is she just a good supportive wife that says <laughs> i couldn't do it but you go ahead baby yeah. well jason i will tell you we you know like we do about all major decisions we prayed about and said, okay, this is where we feel God moving us. But there were some times during that five years, like, what did we do? What in the world did we just do? I mean, the stress and the anxiety and, you know, using a poker analogy, I mean, we have literally pushed all in. And, you know, another one of my favorite, 
favorite mantras is go big or go home. And I don't want to lose my home. So we want to go big. <laughs> well, so a pair, I, I was going to, I was prepared to ask you this question today. Why apparel? Yeah. But now it is apparent to yes. me that it, you, you bought the apparel company because of the, of the, the kind of the, the tie over to your army background. But, but when you decided to start a brand, was the brand always going to be apparel because of you had that, you had that experience or did you toy with the other, the other ideas around the brand? It was really that five years, Jason running that government contractor producing dress uniforms that I had a, you know, pretty good understanding of the apparel industry. So when you got five years in experience and I really recognized there was a gap back to that 3% number of all that's being American made. I just realized like many entrepreneurs, if there's a gap in the marketplace, that creates a business opportunity. And you're donating 10% of your profits to, uh, to veterans and first responder charities. How do you make the decision on which ones to give to? So right now, Jason, you know, as a new business, you know, the profits are relatively small, so we've made it focused. So we have two amazing organizations. One is more national focused. It is the Folded Flag Foundation, and they provide education for Gold Star families. And then another one is more closer to us at home here. Right now, you know, as a new business, the profits are relatively small, so we've kept it focused on two organizations. One is a national organization, the Folded Flag Foundation, and they provide amazing support to Gold Star families and 100% fund education. The second one is closer to home to us. It's closer to Clarksville and it is Reboot Recovery. And they are a faith-based PTSD program focused on veterans and first responders. And both are just amazing organizations. So given that it's relatively small, it's focused on two. But as we grow and we expand and go from a seven to an eighth and ultimately you know, nine figures and beyond, you know, what we envision is we will start rotating that quarterly. So we'll pick a new veteran first responder charities that will be our partner for that quarter. And we'll donate those proceeds that quarter. And then we'll pick somebody new. But I will tell you, Jason, the desire to do that was all driven around making a difference. But where we're even having a broader difference is on the client side of our business. So to clarify for you and everyone on the, who's tuning in, there's two distinct sides of our business. So there's a consumer B2C side, things that are authentically American branded. We also have collegiate licenses, primarily all the military schools, Army, Navy, Air Force, you know, VMA, Cit VMI and Citadel. So all the military schools, but 90% of our business is more corporate B2B focused. So we have Fortune 500 clients like Pepsi, Bridgestone and Comcast. We have big veteran charities like Wounded Warrior, Tunnel to Towers, Team Red, White, and Blue, all the way down to small businesses and small charities because we keep our minimums low. But here's where we have a bigger, make a bigger difference, have a bigger impact because we have two pricing tiers. So if you're Pepsi, you're paying full price. If you are a charity nonprofit, you're paying at cost. And that gap, Jason, allows us to help you build your brand and raise some money in the process. And we don't make any money on these programs, but we as a company feel great about coming beside some amazing organizations like Folded Flag and Reboot Recovery and hundreds of more because we help them build their brand and raise some money in the process. But what I didn't realize, Jason, 
as a new brand, that has been great exposure for us because oftentimes people's first exposure to our brand has been through a charity type program and event, something like that. And what happens, they're like, this is amazing product. And they'll look at the tag and see Authentically American. And they'll reach out to us and say, can you help my business? Can you help my charity? So it has been a great grassroots marketing program that we didn't envision. So we're helping charities and nonprofits make a difference. But then it's been a great marketing program for us as well. There's a there's a guy that I want to introduce you to. He's here local. You you live in the Nashville area, as do yeah. I. And of course, Clarksville is just about an hour north northwest of us, where Fort Campbell is, uh, the the home of the 101st Airborne Division. Um, obviously, a lot of military and veterans live live in that area because of the location to the to the uh, fort there, but or to the base. But there's a guy that I just recently met who is. Uh, starting another support agency for veterans, okay. and he's, it's a pretty unique thing. We'll, we'll talk a post show. I want to introduce you to him. I just met him recently. Let me ask you this: as we as we kind of come to a close of our conversation today on this show, what how would you how would you say like what's the root of your success? How did you become successful? And I know there's lots more to go, but how did you become successful? What are the root? of success for Dean Wagner? Let me highlight two things, Jason. First and foremost is keeping focus on priorities. And as an entrepreneur, you can know how challenging that is because it literally can be working 24 seven. But I mentioned my priorities are God, family and country. And my wife and I, we've got four amazing kids. And I've made the commitment that I'm home for dinner or home for practice, hoping being there for the family every day. And sometimes there's more work to be done. So after everyone goes to bed or sometimes I'm up, you know, incredibly early, but it's so important to keep that foundation on what's truly most important for me. And that really starts with my faith and my family. But the other part, Jason, I found is all about passion and being an army ranger, having gone through ranger school, I've not been shy of hard work in the last five years. I have put in more work than I ever envisioned, but it doesn't feel like work because I am pursuing my passion. I found what I love and it is truly something that energizes me. And I found that is one of the other ingredients that allows for success. You know, if you are focused on ultimately what's most important and you're pursuing your passion in life, that is a winning combination. I love it. I love it. So how would you define that word success? What's your definition of that success? For me, Jason, I touched on this and that is making a difference. And back to priorities, you know, my wife, Kelly and I were, we were married in 1994. And first and foremost, I want to be an amazing husband. And you need to be intentional if you want that to happen. And then I mentioned four kids, you know, I want to be an incredible dad. And again, you have to be intentional. And there's been daddy-daughter dates every month. There have been boys' night out. So it's intentional. Just like I plan my business schedule, everything for meetings, it's the same way, you know, I'm intentional in planning things with my family. So with that as a definition of success, making a difference, do you consider yourself to be a successful person? I fall short in so many ways, Jason, but you know, that is ultimately what I strive to do is make a difference. And I'm also a believer in continuous improvement. You know, I wasn't always the best husband year one, but every year that goes by you learn and that's the idea of continuous improvement. So I'm a better husband in year 28 than I was in year one. 
And same thing with being a dad. I mean, there were things I screwed up and things I still screw up. But the idea is how do you learn from those screw ups? How do you learn from that experience and just become better? Continuous improvement. Again, going back to what are the similarities between being an army ranger and an entrepreneur and a husband and a dad? <laughs> These, these, this, th this thread is th the same. I mean, you're, the army is continuous improvement, getting better, oh, yeah. making adjustments. Yeah. You know, it's adapting to the situation because our ability to adapt will always outperform our ability to plan. We can put a good plan in place, but our ability to adapt somehow outperforms that ability to to, uh, to plan. But um, Dean, it's it's really good having you on the show, and I want to encourage everybody to go to authenticallyamerican.us. You, he's on all the social media platforms, Facebook, Instagram. You can look up, look up Authentically American on any of those platforms. And he's on LinkedIn. And you can find him at Dean Wagner 93 on LinkedIn. So if you go to LinkedIn.com slash N slash Dean Wagner, that's W-E-G-N-E-R 93. You can find him on LinkedIn. Dean, I want to give you the last word today on the show. So if you want to talk to the audience about any piece of advice, you want to tell a story, Whatever's on your mind, you get the last word before we sign off for today. Well, Jason, let me do two quick things. One, our tagline is where's yours made? And it's designed to be provocative back to that 3% number. And everyone tuning in, you know, when I've asked that question to people before, they're like, great looking shirt, where's yours made? And they're like, I have no idea. I literally have no idea. And they're shocked when they look at the tag and see made in China, made in Vietnam. And Jason, you're wearing a brand Adidas, and I know that brand, and it's made everywhere but the U.S. And I don't know yeah. about your hat, but I make a lot of fun, friendly bets, and I win 97% of it. So that's always a fun, provocative way to find out if you are in tune with American Made and it's something of interest. Now, part two, Jason, I know there's a lot of entrepreneurs that tune in, a lot of current entrepreneurs, aspiring entrepreneurs. And back to investing in relationships, you shared my LinkedIn. It's easy to search and find me online. So if there is somebody that's tuning in that I can help, somebody that is out there that relates to my story, please don't hesitate to reach out because I would love to go ahead and pay it forward and have an opportunity to help you. Yeah. Thank you, Dean. And I would encourage that as well to say, if you're out there and you're a veteran or you're in the military and you, you want to partner with a brand to help get this word out there, this is a guy that you need to connect Please. with. Dean, it's been a pleasure to have you on the show today. Thanks for doing it. Always this. great to catch up, Jason. Thank you for being a guest. Well, there you have it. Another successful entrepreneur here on The Root of All Success talking about his journey to success. Now, as an entrepreneur, there is a difference between being an entrepreneur and being a business owner. A business owner is sometimes an entrepreneur, an entrepreneur is sometimes a business owner, but they're not exactly the same thing. And so Dean got his kind of wet his feet into the entrepreneurship uh, kind of journey by buying a business. And, and that would make him a business owner. But in the struggle of that business, he decided that he wanted to become a full-fledged entrepreneur and take the risk and innovation to be one. And that is the difference. Those two words, risk and innovation, are the difference between an entrepreneur and a business owner. And, and Dean you know, graduated from West Point, went into the corporate world, bought a business and then graduated into entrepreneurship. And he's taken immense risk and he's innovating things to build authentically American as one of the premier brands on apparel in the world. And he wants them all made, all those pieces of material, all that stuff made right here in the United States. And he, he alluded to it. I have some socks that he gave me that have the 
stars and stripes on it, which are kind of cool. I like, I like funky socks. Uh, and also he gave me some t-shirts and they're really very comfortable. Check out authenticallyamerican.us and make sure you look them up on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, LinkedIn, all those places and connect with them and say, Hey, I heard you on the root of all success with the real Jason Duncan. Now, before we go, I want to promote my book. I want to talk about that really quickly before you head out to your next podcast, check out exit without exiting. My book just came out in March and it is now a number one international best-selling book because of the content around entrepreneurship. There is a better way to exit your business. You do not have to sell it. You can begin living the exit lifestyle much sooner than you thought possible. Pick this book up. It's got three amazing stories of three characters, Ed Edward, Cheryl, and James, that you'll fall in love with. And you'll know their stories and you'll understand the struggles that they went through. And you'll see the similarities between what you're experiencing as an entrepreneur and what they experienced. And then ultimately, what you need to do to exit without exiting. So pick that up. You can go to therealjasonduncan.com slash book. That's therealjasonduncan.com slash book. You can pick it up. It's only $15.99, free shipping. And for five bucks more, I'll sign a copy and send you an autographed copy personalized to you. Thank you for tuning in. Please select the uh, button on your podcast player. It says review and leave us a five-star review. And if you haven't subscribed to the YouTube channel, make sure you do that as well because all of these are video as well as the audio. So thanks for tuning in. I'll see you again next time when I talk with another very successful entrepreneur about his or her journey to success. Until then, I am the real Jason Duncan and Jesus is King. Thank you for listening to another edition of The Root of All Success with The Real Jason Duncan. If you've enjoyed this week's episode, visit therootofallsuccess.com to access the show notes and other helpful resources. Follow Jason on social media at The Real Jason Duncan. Are you an entrepreneur who feels trapped in the weeds of daily operations, not experiencing the freedom you thought you'd have as a business owner? Want to know the way out? Take Jason's free exit readiness assessment to see how close you are to getting ready to experience true freedom and success as an entrepreneur. Go to amireadytoexit.com today. That's amireadytoexit.com. See you again next time here on The Root of All Success. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.